Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Mastermind.fm. This is Jean Galea and with me I have my dad, Joseph Galea, and also our special guest for today, Maxime Paulin, who's the CEO and co-founder of Razors. Razors is a real estate crowdfunding platform, mainly operating in France. And we have a very interesting episode for you. Uh, we went into the weeds in this episode. We asked Maxime a lot of uh, interesting questions and he was also very open with the answers. So I really encourage you to follow this episode. If you're invested in crowdfunding or if you're interested in getting into real estate and you're interested in platforms or you're weighing whether to invest directly in a real estate deal or maybe spread the risk by using platforms. We also dive a bit deeper into this uh, question of whether you should spread your risk by investing in many small, uh, doing many small investments in many projects and whether that makes sense, whether you should spread your money across many platforms or not. All these kinds of things we discussed and we also got into taxation and you know how how to do kyc aml on, a, on such an exchange uh, lots of interesting topics we really enjoyed this episode so without further ado here's maxime from razors hi maxime welcome to mastermind.fm please tell us about razors and then my dad will also he's also on the podcast with us today and he'll be taking on the role of a beginner investor with some maybe typical questions and some deeper questions. And so that will be the format of this episode. So welcome to the show again. Hey, Jean, thank you for the invitation. Resus is a platform to allow investors to give a credit loan to a real estate developer in France, Belgium and uh, Luxembourg. And then they can get return of almost uh, 10% within 12 to 24 months uh, usually. So basically it's quite easy. We give loans to real estate developer to all of them to uh, get the project done. Excellent. And before we start digging into the platform, could you share some details about your experience in the field, how you founded it and the rest of the team as well? Oh yeah, sure. Um, in the beginning, I used to work in uh, on the financial markets, uh, starting in London, then uh, uh, Switzerland and Geneva. And my associate Gregorlin there uh, used to work for a very big fashion brand, which is called Lacoste. He was yeah. in charge of uh, opening the stores in uh, East European uh, countries. So he used to manage that like. 25, 26 years old, something like 100 people. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right. So I'm going to hand over to my dad to start the questions. Hello, Maxime. Um, uh, Hello. Welcome to our show. Um, I'm going to look at things from a prospective investor. I'm 64 mm-hmm. years old. I'm a retired person. There are many like me who have accumulated some wealth big or small, <laughs> and who would be eager to uh, explore alternative investments because putting your money in the banks nowadays basically gives you nothing. Um, and it can also go the other way around. <laughs> I mean, you uh, end up paying more than, than you get. And uh, all of us, I think many people are looking at these types of uh, alternative investments. Obviously, one has to be careful that he's putting his money into safe hands. But l- let's go a bit um, uh, towards the back a, a bit to uh, explore how Razor started, how long has it been on the market. I've noticed from the website that it has uh, experienced a quite a spectacular growth. And it would be interesting to know what gave it this propulsion that was given to the company? What gave it the edge over competitors, maybe, that enabled it to grow so fast? Basically, this is the market which uh, has uh, grown very fast. Um, at the beginning, our competitors were actually uh, some private banks, family offices, 
company like that. We just digitalized uh, the way to give the loan to the uh, entrepreneurs. That's the way it is on that. So by uh, this digitalization, it is much easier to raise money uh, on the market, let's say. And um, thanks to this technology and the default rate, which is uh, very, very low in the market and uh, uh, zero on our platform, we are able to grow very fast on the market. This year, uh, only in France, it has been half of a yard finance on few platforms. So that's why uh, without default or very few defaults. So that's why it's going very fast because we meet our investors at this way. Well, this is quite interesting because on one hand, uh, as you are saying, you have uh, practically no bad debts. On the other hand, I mean, it has grown rapidly. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that you have a lot of requests from prospective borrowers. You have to do the, the due diligence to ensure that whoever is investing through your platform gets his money back at the end and, and the interest. Therefore, you have to be quite rigid in the selection. What percentage do you accept from all the prospective borrowers? As you said, we are very uh, picky on what uh, company we finance. We don't finance many more uh, companies on the year after year. It's uh, mainly the average loan, which is uh, higher usually, because the work to finance 500k or 2 million, it's almost the same. So that's mainly in that. So uh, this year we finance something like 50 companies with four analysts and one low woman, uh, which is helping the analysts. So it's one deal per analyst per month, approximately. So it's not that much. So we receive a lot of uh, company and requests to be financed uh, on our website directly and directly, etc. So we drop a lot of them just straight to the first conversation because uh, we have some prerequisites to get, for example, the permit to build. Uh, if there is no, it's out. So uh, we don't have proper uh, statistic on that because just on the call, we say, okay, we can't work together. Maybe in a year time when you get the, the permit, but if you don't, uh, we won't work with you. So uh, it's probably something like 10, 15% we, we keep at the end and then we drop the others. Therefore, if I am a prospective borrower, so that I, I increase the chances of success. Um, what do I need to give you? I imagine, you know, background of my company, financials, uh, and a sponsor, any guarantees that yes. I can give, and possibly evaluation. How do you test all this? So it's very, very, it's actually a proper due diligence. How analysts come from the big fours, especially uh, can be a price and transaction services, uh, real estate, or people from uh, foncier, investment funds in, uh, in real estate, etc. So, um, so they know pretty well the real estate uh, sector. So one of the things is uh, obviously the experience. So without experience, we are not going forward. Secondly, uh, as I said, permit to, to build. So when I give the money to the entrepreneur, he's allowed to start the works the day after. Then we have, obviously, the financial of the company, but also the other company of the group and the other company of the main people in this project. So we do an historical tracking of what they've done before also, on the, uh, what was the margin in the last 10 years, in the last 20 years. That's why it's a big work. We get the, uh, usually the, uh, the loan they have with banks or with uh, other players like us. We try to see what guarantees they have on those other loans, the health of the other development they have on the other uh, company. So it's a very big work because we have to analyze everything of the company and the man behind uh, because there is also reputational analyze. So it's getting very deep inside that. So after cleaning everything, we have like committee with directors of the company and other analysts 
And then usually we come back with all the requests for the entrepreneur to get some other information on specific points. So, I mean, our data rooms are very, uh, very big on the information, I would say. Well, I imagine that uh, as many countries are experiencing, banks are getting a bit difficult <laughs> in, in giving out loans. It's not all their fault. I mean, regulation, compliance yes. and, and all that. Is it maybe a situation where people are approaching platforms such as yours instead of going to banks because it's much easier to access funds <coughs> through platforms like yours? But this raises another question. If the banks are not taking on these kind of loans or bonds, why should you? First of all, this is actually one of our criteria. <laughs> if you can get a loan and you don't try to get one, that's suspicious. Because if you can get a loan at 1% or 2%, 3%, and you come to raise us for the full loan with 10% interest rate, that's, not, that's something strange, no? Who would like to do that? So, so that's the first question we ask when there is not no banks. So we can get with a bank or without. But also, the thing is, as you said, it's quite heavy on banks' side to get the loan. So sometimes, and quite often actually, the entrepreneurs are very hurry to get uh, the money just to buy it, because when you get a great opportunity, usually the condition is to go fast without banking conditions or, or, or money condition. So we are fast. That's the key point for us. So when someone is coming to our company, if everything is going well, in a month's time, you can get the money. In the banks today, it's like three months, four months, six months uh, for some companies also, and so it depends on the bank. So when you have a six-month timeline to get your money and you have to sign a, the building to get it in, in two or three months, it's out. So you get a 10% with us. But it's not that bad because our conditions are very, very light and flexible for the company finance because it can reimburse when it wants without any penalty. So if he got 10% per year and he reimburses in eight months, he pays eight months. It's not like that in the banks because usually you get the rate, it's 2%, let's say three for the entrepreneur. Then you have uh, X percent to be able to reimburse before the time at the end. Plus the you have exit the, fee. Yeah. the exit fee, exactly. So you have the flat fees at the entrance because you have to pay the constitution of the uh, old credit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So at the end, it's still cheaper. But the flexibility of our loan is very, very big for the entrepreneur. And with us, with Resource, uh, because we have 100% of finance company on our platform, it's not a question about uh, will I find the money or not. If, it's, if we select the company, he got the money. Okay. Do you think that uh, maybe... Uh, since the loans are maximum duration of, say, three years, right? Maximum. Maybe um, the banks feel more comfortable with financing projects that are are completed. So, Because if I understand well, you finance the execution part, the first difficult part, I would say which is the initial part. You develop, you know, you have a lot of risks, execution, you know, construction and permits and weather and, uh, and the market. Therefore, these borrowers, do they refinance at the end of the, say, three-year period through bank loans then? No, actually, we finance the building, so the, the, the construction. So when I give the money, when I transfer the money, we make sure the entrepreneur gets the whole money now to the end of the construction. So with our uh, financing, he goes to the end of the, uh, his project. Okay, so that's very important because he don't need another financement uh, after, after that. I'm even after the bank. So usually on our platform, he gets the banks and then us and with us, he starts the construction. Okay, then therefore the, the amount that he puts in. It depends on the entrepreneur. Uh, Sometimes we do a few, it can be like 4-5%. It's very low. 
But with an entrepreneur who has like, we have financed someone. Um, the company has been uh, has been f- set up in 46, 47, something like that, uh, with more than one hundred com- um, constructions, uh, very clear. So in that case, with the experience, when it's very pre-commercialized, it was like seventy or eighty percent. I mean, my risk, the risk for the, the investor was very light. So. We're okay to go a little bit less, but if you have zero pre-commercialization, if you have no experience, etc., usually it's not selected. But uh, if the risk is higher, we ask more for uh, with the entrepreneur. You know, it's it can be a difference since with the um, uh, the criteria. Do I understand well that sometimes it is you together with banks? That, that finance yes. a project? Yes. Because then there is the other question about security. Therefore, who gets the first ranking security? In that so, case, the banks or, or your platform? The thing is, at the end, the liquidity, we don't really need to uh, propose to our investor uh, some liquidity because at, at the end, the entrepreneur doesn't refinance the deal. He sell it. And with the sale of the apartment, for example, he's able to uh, reimburse the investors. That's always like that. So the plan is, do you have enough money to get the construction done? Yes. Does this money is good for the construction up to the setting? And uh, is the uh, result of the setting is higher than the construction cost? Yes. Okay, done. You can get the money. And then we are refinanced with this money. That, that's it. But if at the end of the project, that is the maturity time of the bond or the loan, mm-hmm. the market the market is low um, there, or there is no market, especially, you know, in these time of, uh, times of COVID, etc., all these problems, what happens then? Um, yes. If he, he either sells at a big discount or else he has to delay, what happens so then? So if he has to delay a little bit because there is something very obvious like covid for some of our entrepreneurs couldn't have workers on the operation. So, I mean, it's three months uh, lost. So at the end, uh, we have very few entrepreneurs uh, with a delay. And it's uh, very well explained. For example, we have one, it's like, I don't want to say, but I think it's like 40 apartments and uh, sold and one uh, not sold, something like that. The proportion are there. It just needed three months, the covid uh, time we have uh, lockdown. We have been locked down in the uh, last year. So I mean, we're okay with that, and the uh, the investors uh, we communicate very well to our investors and said, okay, look, this entrepreneur has sold everything. It just needs three months to finish the construction and to get the money at the end for, for, from the invest for the from the people who's going to buy the um, the apartment. So I mean, we're okay with that. It's uh, if it's something very clear like that. So it happens. Not often, but it happens. And uh, would the interest rate go up if if there is a delay? Instead (laughs) of, say, 10, it goes to 11. Is that their kind of penalty or something like that? There is a courage, you know, the delay. Of course. For uh, the COVID time, it's been three months in France. We said, okay, if you you have three months delay, it's okay. You still pay 10%, not uh, more because it's something so specific never happened in the last uh, 100 years so we don't want to get those people because it was bad for them and uh, paying more on that I mean, it's it's hard and they paid the 10 percent on the three months but on the other if we have other delay in our contract you, you have three percent uh, more uh, interest the 13. Right. i see so we have just an example uh, someone was late for uh, three i was something like four months and he repaid in September. So uh, at the end, the investor are quite happy. He's at 13% for, for, for five months at the end. So, Maxime, this uh, interest rate, therefore the rate of return for the investors, which is quite, quite good, I would say, an average of 10%. And you yes. mentioned in your website a range between 6 and 12%, obviously, depending on, on the risks attached, I would imagine. Yes. Do you think that uh, these rates are high because of COVID and the uncertainties in the uh, world economy, European economy, etc.? Do you think that once COVID is behind us, the 
interest rate is likely to go down. Therefore, for prospective investors, do you think that this is the right moment actually to invest? <laughs> it's not a right or bad moment. It's uh, since the beginning, I would say the risk is the same on our platform, uh, and we try to get the same risk uh, for our entrepreneur, for our investor. So, I mean, COVID time didn't get the rate higher, or maybe 0.5%, but nothing more than that. It is high because we are flexible, we are fast, and uh, we finance usually a part of the equity of the entrepreneur. So when you say it's expensive, yeah, uh, facing the 10% looks like expensive. But when we finance for a real estate developer, like only 5% of the real estate, like let's say, take an example of a, a 10 million real estate program, we finance 500K, and the rest is uh, equity and uh, banking loans. What is the uh, average percentage of, on that for the loan? It's not 10%, it's like, like 2.5% or something like that. But the 500, it doesn't put in, it doesn't invest in this uh, project. He, he keep it to another one where he gonna earn like something like 1.5 million uh, on top of the 10 millions if it's the same operation. It's high, um, if I understand you well, because the bulk of it represents the shareholders' expected rate of return in a way, yeah. which which is higher, which is higher than what a bank would expect. Yes, yeah, so on the perspective of uh, investors, it's uh, very high. Something else explains that. If you take uh, an investment fund, a uh, classical one in real estate in France, okay, or Spain, at the end, the investor usually, for Performing ones like four percent, okay, three point five, four point five, depend on the year. I think we quite agree on that. But what do you think the investment funds invest at? How much uh, his money? Usually, it's between eight and twelve percent or so. Exactly the same as our platform. Thing is, in those kind of investment funds, you have many, many, many fees to pay and things like that, which get you at the end uh, this percentage. So. It's not that high in the market. It's only we find this project and we do in direct line with the entrepreneur and the investors. That's why you get 10%. But if you put inside like three, four, five intermediaries, you don't get 10%, you get five. Well, the 10% is um, from our experience slightly lower than uh, what would one can get in the Baltic states, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, there can be a variety of reasons. Um, and I notice also that uh, the vast majority of your projects that are being financed are in France, in different cities, different French uh, cities from north, uh, south, west, east. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, mainly based in France. Then there are some in Switzerland, Belgium, Luxembourg. Yes. And I also notice that uh, they are spread, uh, yes, all in real estate, basically, but then you have residential offices, commercial complexes, etc. I would like you to elaborate a bit. Um, first of all, why basically restricted to France? Is it because it's the market that you know? Mm -hmm. We know very well the market in France. It's very precise. Also in uh, Switzerland and Belgium. We will expand in other countries, but for now there is many things to do in those countries. So it's our expertise, mainly. Okay. The loans are quite substantial. Um, on average, for example, I was looking at your current offers. Um, it's an average of about 1.2 million each, which is Quite, yeah. quite substantial. Mm -hmm. Another another thing that uh, struck me was that you mentioned in your website that you are approved by the French financial market regulator. Yes. Which, uh, to my understanding, is there to safeguard investments and in financial instruments, ensure that investors receive material information and no transparency, and that maintains orderly financial markets. Um, if you look it up in the, in the website, this, this uh, institution, it's there for these functions. Therefore, when you say approved, is it also regulation that affects you? Therefore, are you reviewed by, by this uh, institution? Yes. Yes. 
quite often we have emails from them asking some question and because they they look uh, I think every <laughs> every company we raise and they're pre- pretty well the platforms and uh, I think it's good things to be honest uh, it's try it's quite a lot of work for us to uh, maintain that but for the, our investors it's uh, I would say probably a high security to know that someone else is looking at the at their investments on the on the other uh, side so yes we are many uh, exchange with the uh, AMF and uh, and other Belgium also on the same things on the same way. Therefore, Maxim, if you expand to other countries, mm-hmm. you would look to be also regulated by the entity you know, of that country. Okay. Yes, exactly. That, that's something we we, uh, we tell to, it's, it's big for us also. If you're an investor, don't go on a platform which is not regulated. It's highly dangerous. An exaggerated level of regulation and compliance um, chokes business. But on the other hand, I think that a reasonable level actually strengthens the business and uh, it gives comfort Completely to, agree. To, to investors. Completely. Okay. And uh, if you had to give me advice whether to invest in a residential complex or in a commercial complex or in a sports complex sure. what would be your advice for the time being you know in the current situation for the, for the time being the, the the and for all time i would say we are as you said uh, it's it's still a higher percentage of uh, interest rate so first advice is to invest something reasonable for the investors okay so you don't invest all your economies in those kind of products then you get the envelope let's say you have 100k to invest so you have to diversify uh, as much as you can so let's say you can invest in 10 different projects not in the same city not in the same area not in the same type, you said residentials, you said commercial. Yes, why not? Yes, commercial can be good in uh, hyper uh, uh, center of uh, big cities, residentials. Uh, uh, and then you have to look of the guarantee the project offers. So those we have first rank mortgage, yes, no. If yes, what was the evaluation of the project? So you can get on internet and see if it's logical or not. It's quite easy to see if in big cities. If you say the price per square meter is in the market, it's easy to, to see if it's uh, appropriate or not, uh, more or less. So you, you need to read the content we put online, then get your property. So that's the thing which is important, to see the profile of the uh, entrepreneur also. And last advice, if you, for whatever reason, you don't feel it, you don't invest. But that's my thing. Okay. (laughs) Can I just jump in on this point? I think that's what I find a bit, uh, not strange, but like many people invest, let's say 100,000, okay? But actually many people invest, have much less to invest probably. And I think a lot of the, people who are attracted to these platforms would not have an extensive financial knowledge. And so when it comes to analyzing every property, there are two problems. One is that the return is too low. If you're investing like 1000 euro, hoping to get 100 euro return, I'm not going to spend a whole day analyzing the financials and everything. Secondly, I just don't have the expertise like you have no so is it a case of just investing hundreds in every project and that's it because when you say you should analyze the project i don't think it makes sense to do so first of all and i don't think most investors have the necessary knowledge to take a responsible decision there first of all i to be honest i think many of our investors know pretty well what we do because we write lot of content online to explain what is first rank uh, mortgage, what is uh, personal uh, caution, whatever is everything. So once you get knowledge, it's quite cool to be able to get it. And we give all the materials online. I think we're, we're one of the platform with the most content. And actually, 
sometimes quite technical, but you can go very deep into your knowledge. Secondly, the content we put online, it's very easy to understand and you can read it quite easily and it's quite fast. Then if you want to go deeper, you go. If you don't want, you're not, you don't have to, but you have the possibility to go very deep or not. But you have to understand what is your, what is your investment. Also, you can invest in Tesla. Do you read the uh, thousands of pages of uh, annual reports? No, of course not. But you should, yes, but you don't because you see the news and sometimes you see uh, Elon Musk and, and, and you say, oh, this guy is great, I invest, but you don't know what's behind. So, but you need to get an idea of what you invest in all the investments you do, uh, not especially in our mm -hmm. platform. You need to understand what you invest in. For example, in stocks, one would, could also say you should invest in index funds or ETFs mm -hmm. rather than individual stocks. And what we're doing here is similar to picking individual stocks, right? Exactly. But if you invest in individual stock, the advice would be the same. You need to understand at least what the company is doing, if it's healthy, if it's the, the, high, the risk is very high, if it's biotech or not. I mean... What is the aim of the company in the few years, etc.? You need to know the basics. And then you need to invest in not only the old money in only one stock. You need to invest in 10, 20, maybe a bit less, a bit more. It depends for each people. It's different, but not in one stock. So it's the same in, uh, on our platform. You need to invest at least, I think, in 10 operations, diversify. And the good thing is when you invest in 12 months, 24 months, is with the anticipation uh, reimbursement you have. Then at the end, you get some reimbursement every month and you can reinvest it and so on and keeps so on rolling. and so on. <laughs> and it keeps rolling for the investors. So you get the 10% quite uh, fluid, you know, and you don't spend much time. If you invest your 10 lines, it takes you a couple of hours and then it's okay. It's it's rolling. And then you have to, to read what... Operation per month takes you a couple of minutes. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, but my, perhaps what my biggest criticism to this, what many investors do is perhaps too much diversification across, say, 10, 20 platforms, not projects. Mm -hmm. And that I find ridiculous, frankly, you know, because the time you're going to spend to stay on top of all those platforms would make the investment pointless in the first place. Exactly. That I understand. So I so I prefer to like if I trust you, then I probably skim the details of every project, invest a set amount, and trust the platform in general because I know that you're applying the same criteria to every project at the end. People who does that clearly don't don't do the uh, the reading as account, uh, so they just invest in uh, like that. I mean that's not the way I uh, think it's good investment. As I said, you need to understand a little what it what what is in the end. Portfolio, so. Mm -hmm. Maxine, I also noticed quite interestingly that whereas some other platforms have a minimum investment, even you know five euros, ten euros, <laughs> yes. ridiculous amount. Yes. Your minimum is one thousand euros, and mm -hmm. um, if I understand well, you also subject prospective investors to a suitability test, which. Yes. I find to be very important. I would imagine that through the suitability test, you also test their risk appetite and whether they yes. do understand, <laughs> you know, uh, whether they want to go low risk, medium risk, high risk, and yes. therefore they make, you know, an informed decision when, when they invest. Before you answer, I, I'd like to really tie it in with the previous point I was making, because as I mentioned, you know, Many people invest because it's five euro per project or hundred euro per project. Exactly. And in this case, no, you're you're forced in a way to make an effort, you know, because you're gonna invest a thousand euro, you're gonna go through the tests. So you need to put your head yes. there for a couple of hours and think about it. This is our politics, as you said. One thousand euro it's uh, is for many people a big amount of money. So it's a real investment. So you think before investing so you read before investing and you understand what you do we don't want uh, thousands of investors per person that's not the way we want to make finance it's just that so five euro per operation what's the point to get 50 cents at the end of the year 
It's a candy. Okay, therefore, you're quite selective in the projects and the borrowers and also on the investors, which is, in my opinion, also a, a good thing. When uh, somebody applies, therefore, this suitability test, is it done once and then that's it? I mean, then you know me and I continue to invest with you. Mm-hmm. The, or is it by project, by, by uh, every loan? Uh, once I do it and I pass the test, is it okay? Yes. Or you do you test my <laughs> <laughs> mental prowess every time every time that I invest or say after two years, five years, I don't know. We have something, um, a check of in the um, questionnaire, a uh, basic check with the... Uh, uh, some question which is incompatible. If you say yes there and no yet there, uh, it's incompatible. So we test that. So we are able to see if uh, it's uh, true or not. But at the end, it's still declarative. But I don't have any example of someone uh, who, uh, I mean, I think almost all investors are quite honest in this uh, questionnaire. You know, the thing we have sometimes is mainly investors say, call us and well, I would like to invest, but I would like to get some explanation. And then we explain how the product is done, how it works, the regulation around on the operation, etc. So we are very keen to answer and to like educate in finance way the, some of our investors. Well, it's in their interest, I would say as well. Yes, it is. And, uh, how do you make sure that there is no money laundering going into into your platform? On the investor side, I mean, the check is quite high. Uh, we have the questionnaire. We can have the check on some uh, platforms for some higher amounts. We have proof of address, uh, scan of ID, phone number, address, email. And, and then the check is from Razors and the check is from uh, the bank which is doing the a big banking check on behind of that. So, I mean, I don't know how you can do money laundering on your on our platform. I don't know how to do that. Okay, that's good. But do you limit investors from the EU, for example? Can an investor be from outside the EU? Yes. Does it make it more difficult for you if he's from outside the EU or... Sometimes, he doesn't yes. trade in euros or he doesn't have euros? At all. Of course, uh, we have investors from uh, many other countries. Not that much, huh? but we have. So we do, can be a proper check if he's in the US, for example. But usually it can be French in US, French people in US, Swiss people in US, who knows us before, for example. A US citizen coming like that in, on our platform, it's... Maybe it happens, but I'm not even sure. Uh, but we will do a specific check uh, if it's a, a very not, uh, exotic country, I would say. So we can call him if we don't know him, see his uh, interest in the in the company, if he's everything clean, we track the payments. So, I mean, we're very diligent on that because one thing also, uh, we are regulated and uh, one of our uh, obligation. It's to call track fund, which is a European uh, a tracking for money laundering. If we have a suspicion, even a suspicion, so if we have, we we do it, and that's it. But it's very rare, not even once uh, a year, I think. Okay, I noticed that your website actually is in English, German, and French, right? Yes. Please explain to us when you add more more languages. Is this to get borrowers from outside France or investors from outside France, or both? We are you in Switzerland, attract, uh, actually. In, Swiss, yeah. uh, in Switzerland, you have uh, German as a, a national uh, language, and we thought it would be interesting to go to uh, Swiss-German people. That's why it's in the German. English is more uh, like, because it's, I, I think it's a, uh, good things to have English on our website because some people in Geneva also uh, or even Zurich or some other countries we work in uh, speak uh, English speaker. So we have some, not that much, but maybe 10-15% English speaker on our platform. And you're opening branches uh, in different countries like Switzerland, yes. for example, as we mentioned, and Belgium. 
Yes, we are. We are in uh, all those countries. Yes. Okay. It's important um, for us to uh, to be able to present operation in France for Swiss people, for Belgian people, because it's not where the operation is based. Is uh, the quality of our deal flow so. It's good for Swiss to invest in France, in Switzerland, in uh, Luxembourg, you know. Can I ask about the, the projects and why is there not any more Swiss projects? Why is it so predominant on France? There is actually some, there is many Swiss projects who, who are supposed to come. Uh, in Switzerland, there's only um, things. There is laws in Switzerland and way to do the real estate development, which is different than in France. So that's why, because usually, I'm not going into uh, too much details, but uh, usually a real estate said everything before starting the construction. It's not perfectly that, but it's something like that, okay? So he has the money before the construction. In France, you buy it usually for a residential at the initial 30%, 10%, etc. So you need this uh, part of money to start the project. So that's a big thing in Switzerland. So that's why it's not that uh, easy uh, to find constructors in Switzerland. So yes, that's one of the main reasons. But we have uh, many new projects coming on the uh, refinancing and things like that. All right. So basically right now it boils down to more demand on the borrowing side and France rather than Switzerland. Yeah, we have also in Switzerland, but uh, we dropped uh, lots of them also. So. Maxim, um, you also have some equities, a smaller percentage than than yes. bonds. Um, what can you tell us about equities? Oh, one, for example, <laughs> Martinique, a project in Martinique, a French, if I understand well, a French island, no? Yes, it is. Uh, oh, so that was something very specific. It's uh, targeted to French residents because it was tax reduction thing. Yeah, in, in the beginning, we started with equity uh, financing uh, SMEs, but and it, it works quite well, actually. But at the point, we had to, we think we had to make the choice to specialize our expertise in real estate to be dedicated to this kind of finance. And I think we, we, we made the right choice because being specific and uh, dedicated to this activity you, you analyze your due diligence are very deep and uh, you're not going on one side or the other. So we wanted to to offer to our investors, the, for our point of view, the perfect investment project. And I think we found it in, a, in, invest, in, 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 this, um, in this area with real estate. Okay, therefore, your main focus uh, is on bonds at the moment. Yes, because uh, in the investment area, investing at 10% in average 20 months, doesn't really exist for retail people. Okay, therefore, I'm an investor. I put in money. Mm-hmm. Maybe the uh, the project gets fully funded or not fully funded. Is there an underwriting arrangement um, in case it falls short or um, the funds are sent back to the prospective investor without any interest? So if you invest uh, in a company uh, which is not funded, Enough, because as I said, you if uh, a, a company needs two millions for the global investment and get only one million, it's not good because you won't be able to finish the construction. So you don't have the roof, so you cannot sell it. So we get to refund, we refund the investors. That's it, without any penalty and anything. But it it never happens, but it can happen, of course, and it will probably happen. But it doesn't matter. Therefore, in that case, raisers do not come in themselves and uh, plug in the gap and then, you know, sell the bonds at a later stage. Won't have skin in the game, if I understand well. Uh, That's the thing. Probably not, but we would like to because we can. It's regulatory things. We're not really able to invest in uh, companies, but we would like to be able because when you have a treasury in a company, it's good to invest it at uh, 10%. That's it. So we're, we're working with the, uh, and asking sometimes to the authorities to be able to do it. Therefore, the regulator would see it as a conflict of interest. How? But yes. In a way, in a way, 
if I invest in something and I know that you are also investing in it, I would say yes, they would take good care of it, no? <laughs> yes, I, I, I got the same point of view. The conflict of interest is and this is the other way around. So I think it's a good thing for the investor knowing that the platform is vested in the host is on treasury in the companies, but uh, for the time being, it's not really uh, allowed. So we don't do it, but uh, we would like to do it. Okay. And do you plan to introduce a secondary market? That is, if I invest for, mm -hmm. say, two and a half years, and after six months, I need the money back. Mm -hmm. uh, how can I dispose uh, of my investment without losing money? Today, we, we think about it, but it's not our priority because... In the area of investments, and you're an investor, and you know that uh, investing in 12, 20 months, it's not, it's, it's, we cannot say it's liquid, but it's not completely liquid with a 10 years investment. So sometimes it can happen that someone needs the money, but uh, we don't have, we are not organized for that. And especially also because we need other accreditation to do that. So uh, it's almost something like stock market accreditation. So we don't have, but if someone has bonds in our platform, it's by law. You can sell it as you wish to whom you want, to who you want. So if you ask us, we have never done that, but if you tell us that you're in big trouble and you need to sell it, you can sell it to your uh, son, father, uh, neighbor, whatever you want. If you, if you find someone to help you on that. Yeah, but if he, let's say I sell my investment, mm -hmm. do you subject the new investor to the due diligence as, as well? We have never done that before, but you can do it. Would we do that? I don't think so, because uh, it's you and him. It's not okay. me in that way. So because you sell it, you can, you, it's a piece of paper, huh? you sell your bond. But you need okay, to therefore, send us the... you don't facilitate. That is, you don't have. No, we don't. You wouldn't have a queue of people who would like to invest. Maybe there is no no affair, and maybe you would call them. Listen, somebody <laughs> wants to wants to sell. Do you want it? Yeah. But you are supposed to invest in those kind of products, as, as I said before. The money you 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 almost sure won't need in the next couple of months. One other important aspect, uh, Maxime, is, is tax. Going through your website, I got a bit, you know, the shivers when I was reading that in France, on interest income, you are taxed not only in terms of income tax, but there is also social security taxes. Yes. Um, it's a flat tax. We call it like yeah. that in 30%. <laughs> what happens if uh, I'm from Malta and I invest in a project in France? I would imagine that the interest that I earn from that project based in France would be subject to French tax. Yes, um, so you don't, you're not subject to French tax. What uh, happens then? Do you take you care just of, have to of tell that? us? Yeah. You tell us that you are not subjected to, to it. And then we don't, uh, usually it's automatic if you're in Malta, if you have adopt, we call you. But, uh, so uh, automatically, if you're in France, we take it before giving you the uh, interest. And if you're in Malta, we don't take it. We give it, give the money to you with the interest rate. And then this is your own uh, fiscality. So you manage your thing uh, in Malta. Okay, therefore the French tax authorities do not impose uh, a withholding tax no. because the property is located in France. No. Well, it's a loan, it's a loan, it's not subject to a real estate uh, added value. Then it would be up to me, you know, to take care of my tax obligations in Malta. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. In that case, exactly. Um, if I invest with you, do I have to pay uh, an annual fee to uh, remain uh, connected to you and to your system, or is it um, a one-off thing at the beginning? Uh, it's not clear how how do you earn your fees actually. It's quite easy actually. <laughs> there is nothing for the investors. So when it's 10%, it's 10% on your accounts would be served. That's the first thing. So no, nothing to the investors. We are paid by the entrepreneur only. When I raise 1 million euro, you give me the commission on that, and that's it. One off at the beginning. And then he lives with that, you live with that. 
Okay, the, for the fees are paid by the uh, borrowers. Entrepreneur. Right. Yes, so okay. you raise one million under one million. I take under one million the uh, the fees, and then I get the uh, nothing from the investors. Next question was about the Capitalium partnership that was mentioned on the blog. What exactly was that, and is it still in place? And I, I was looking at the investment fund, and how does that come into play? So we have three types of investors. We have uh, retail investors, in usually investing between uh, 1,000 euro per uh, operation up to 10K. Then we have the uh, intermediate investors uh, works, working with private banks and family offices or uh, uh, wealth managers. And we have tickets of investors with between 10K to 200K a euro usually. In every project, right? Per project, yeah, average, yes. And we have our investment funds. We have developed that with a partner, which is a family office, again, in Switzerland, who get the clients to invest in our um, funds dedicated to uh, resource operations. So basically, the funds is another is a, is a, is a third type of investors, of his investor uh, investing in a company presented on the platform through a some uh, rules, specific rules, and uh, and and investing like that in the in the companies. And so, if I had a company and I would be ready to invest between 10 and 200k, that would put me in the intermediate category, right? Yes, it's it's not a category. It's like uh, usually it's that it's like that, but you have the same condition. The funds has the exact same condition as the family office, has the exact same condition as the retail, which is quite new in the investment area that someone who is investing sometimes one million on the platform, usually it's companies, SMEs for the treasury, as I thought before, yeah. it's have the exact same condition as the as you if you invest uh, 1,000 euro. All right. Um, and so I think there was some mention about skin and the game or... The, the capitalium raisers investing in every project themselves is is that the way it works? No, no, it's just where, um, where there is no commission between raisers and capitalium. It's quite uh, transparent on that. We raise the the funds with their clients, and we manage the funds. But there is no commission, nothing between us. It's just a partnership uh, because. Uh, really like what we have done uh, with a really like our track record and uh, they wanted to get their clients inside for them it's not easy to invest deal by deal because it's a very big family office uh, very prestigious in Geneva they can't really manage to invest uh, 100 uh, euro 100k for uh, each uh, operation they we, we, we think about together to to make these funds to invest in, okay, yeah, got it. Uh, on the platform in like, uh, uh, for today we have invested all the money we raised and it's invested in 22 uh, company, so it's quite diversified. But as a retail investor, I cannot say that Razors has skin in the game for every project, right? There's no such guarantee. No, we can't. Uh, regulatory, uh, I cannot uh, put uh, the money of the company in the... Oh, okay. Interesting. That's uh, unique to France, I guess, because other platforms do that. Maybe in the Baltic states, they can do that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's mainly uh, AMF okay. in France. But I know there is platform investing in their project. And... Uh, in terms of the loans that are delayed or projects that are delayed, mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier on that you had no default so far. Yes. But do you have any like projects that have been delayed for a significant amount of time, say six months plus? And how does yes. that work? What's the process? We have uh, only uh, very, very few. If you go on live on the platform and mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I see with you on the, at the moment, yeah. more than six months, we have remaining Something like 255k uh, late. And actually, it's not that because we reimburse like I think it's, it's something like 200k uh, delayed, and it should be uh, resolved in the next few weeks. So that's it. And I, I'm, we're talking about 200k 
and uh, uh, 76 million financed already. So for those who are listening, would they need to go to the key performance indicators page or is it somewhere? Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, very precise and it's uh, it's it's dated since the 8th of uh, January. And I know we have reimbursed something like almost 100K on this uh, specific project. Where should people be looking at if they want to check which ones are delayed and what the amount yes, spending? It's, uh, on the uh, key indicators, uh -huh. it's on the line. Uh, sorry, I got it in France. It's retard plus six months and ou procedure collective. So you see online now it's 265K. But it's less now because it was the 14th of uh, January. Okay. All right, and it I'll will be a... resolved because we have uh, communication with this entrepreneur at least two times per week about this matter. Okay, but what's the process? Because let me tell you my problem. So on other platforms, I've invested money mm -hmm. and then there are problems and the projects are delayed two, three years, basically infinitely. So the project is never said to be in default, it's just delayed. No, 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 that's not our politics. Yeah. With this specific, specific for each project. If we have a delay, and it's explained because there is an administrative problem, there is a construction problem, there is a selling problem or whatever problem. If it's clearly defined in the beginning or in the middle or at the end, we might be okay to delay. Okay, because it's logical, because uh, we have good relation with the entrepreneur stuff. Because there is a, this is nonsense to recover credits if you can get it back in six For months sure. yeah. without recovering. So we, create, we try to be clever on that and say, okay, what is the matter? Okay, I think you can fix it. So if you can fix it, we work on that. You have 3% more interest for the investors. So the penalty is quite big. And if it doesn't play the game at the end, I tell you the recovery will be very hard. And with us, the recovery is that high, so the entrepreneur stops his activity. He cannot do anything, cannot get a banking loan or any loan ever since I don't get the money back. We've never done that because we'd never had to, but we have a team of lawyers behind, very high level, and if you do that, it's going to be bad for the uh, operator. Mm. And so for the benefit of listeners who might have invested in other platforms, what would be the problem there? Because I've personally, even myself, invested in platforms where this happened, you know? So what are the conditions for such a situation to happen? Is it the, the depending on the regulatory environment of the country? Is it because the structure of the platform is different? I don't know. Maybe you have some insight. To be honest, I... I heard about that, but uh, it's not uh, it's not clean to do that. I mean, they need to make the entrepreneur in default and try to recover in court. Mm -hmm. That's it. Uh, we have rights. It's funny. We just write uh, a couple of days before uh, the recovery plan, the new recovery plan uh, of uh, our project online. It's like uh, you have like twenty recovery, uh, different recovery possible in France and also in Switzerland. So if someone doesn't reimburse, in, we, we will recovery. We'll recover it and we will go in court. And it takes time maybe, but we will protect our investors. So that would be, yeah, uh, very hard for the entrepreneur on that. So if he doesn't respect the things and if it's not clean, if it's, uh, you see. So other thing, uh, we won't get a loan not recover for two years, four years, whatever. It doesn't exist on our platform. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, good to know because yeah. I'm mentioning this specific case of Housers, which you might know the platform. They, they also had projects in France. And what happens there when there's a delay is that they put it out to vote. And then most most likely the investors of which there would be hundreds they vote to accept the conditions of the borrower, which would have said, okay, I'll repay in another another two months. And this keeps going on and on and on. So you mm. never get any resolution. And Housers uh, seems to be like hands off because it's between the investors and the borrower. Yeah, we, we know we know quite well uh, Housers. Yeah. But yeah, no, we, we don't do that. We, we play in the best uh, 
way for the for the uh, for the investors. So you would go in directly, and there's no voting or anything like that. You would recover it directly. You would go no, into the procedure. No, but we are listening to our investors, and uh, if we think they are not happy with the decision, we we might uh, go to the discussion. But we, it's very rare to have uh, any things against uh, our decision because we know the the guarantee we have, and if we have a first rank mortgage, they know we can uh, get it back with that. Um, but is there any point to get a mortgage, to get to the court, to to to, to sell the uh, building if you can get the recovery in six months? No, because you're gonna recover in two years. No, not two years, but something like a year. So, I think what was happening on other platforms was that also the borrower would be a newly created company that has nothing to lose really. So, blocking all their assets would be of no consequence to them. So, so that's yeah. also a part of the due diligence process. So that's kind of fraud. Uh, I, I, that, that's the way I see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it's not very really possible to do that in uh, our, uh, our resource because we have guarantee, uh, which guarantee with the group. So we have the whole group usually. So you have the SPV created for the uh, operation and then the group guarantee. So you have to, to, to mm -hmm. stop the old group. And then when you have a first track mortgage, it's a mortgage. So it's yeah. on the specific uh, building. And we have a personal guarantee. So when you have a personal guarantee, you have the group guarantee also because the group owns to the... Yeah. And if you create a new company, you also have the new company because it's on its own uh, patrimony. So, uh, Thanks. Well, I've been listening very attentively to this discussion because this is a crucial issue for investors yes. in the sense that they need comfort that the platform, first of all, would start cautiously, you know, taking the necessary measures, give some breathing space given the current situation. But then the investors would expect decisive action and updates this is very important in the website that they get updates to get the comfort that the platform is taking care actually of their investments not first taking the money and then you know uh, <laughs> keep them in the dark because then there can be a suspicion yes. that the platform and the borrowers are in connivance with each other therefore obviously to keep your reputation high um, you provide all these safeguards, and I think I think it would uh, it should work well. Maxime, um, that's my last point. Thank you very much. It has been a, a very interesting discussion, quite a comprehensive uh, drilling <laughs> from our side. Um, uh, very convincing answers, and uh, thank you very much. And uh, I wish you well to you and to your colleagues. But just on the information, we give every three months information. It's it's contractual. Uh, to give us information, and then we just put in our new contract a penalty if we don't have the news every three months. Mm -hmm. And we have uh, someone almost dedicated at 100% uh, to get information from the entrepreneurs. So that's a key point to be informed. Because if you oh, have a delay, you. you understand why you have a delay, and you say, okay, I, it's logical, I get a delay because uh, I get the information as well. Yes. Excellent. Um, for me, what like the last question leading on to the wrapping up would be, which are the biggest markets for investors right now? And what other markets are you trying to enter from the investor side now, like to attract more investors? And what other things should we expect from raisers in the coming one or two years? We're quite happy that the market in France, uh, it's uh, 500 uh, million euro. And we think it's big, but in real estate development, it's actually not that big. If you cumulative everything in real estate development, it's a couple of billion. So I think we have a lot of margin to get on this, trying to get more market shares and being very professional and probably a second funds. More for retail people, uh, for those who want to invest in in Razor's, I mean, you know, you see Razor's brand, so something you probably would be able to see in a couple of months. Awesome, very interesting. 
thanks, Maxine. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for answering with great transparency all our questions. And to wrap things off, uh, how can people find you on social and on the web? Thank you, Jean. Thank you, uh, Joseph. Uh, it was a, a very pleasant moment. So you can uh, join Razors on uh, www.razors.com. Razors is R-A-I-Z-E-R-S.com. And uh, we also have some social network, obviously, and especially LinkedIn. It's Razors, same uh, way to write it. All right, so that's a wrap for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And as usual, I ask you to leave a five-star review on iTunes if you like the show and all the other shows we've produced so far. Please let us know if there's any other topic that you'd like us to tackle or platform to review. We're very open for hearing from you, your opinions, whether you like the shows we're producing. And yeah, just a view. If you've been listening to this show for the past few episodes or it's the first episode that you listen, we'd really, really appreciate if you could even just get in touch and tell us how you're finding it, what you'd like us to improve and things like that. So the email is podcast at mastermind.fm. Again, podcast at mastermind.fm. And you can also find, find us on Twitter at mastermind.fm. That's it for today from us and see you in the next episode.